Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Dave Burles, Berlin. Doc, great to be back, my man. How's it Woo! going? Yes! Woo! Yes! Dave, man, are you excited? It's a Thanksgiving yeah, special. You know, exactly. You know, I'm, I missed, you know, the last couple of weeks, been busy, yeah. but... Yeah. The primetime players come for the primetime games. Yes. If you know what I That's mean. Yes. Yes. Big players make big, big moves, big plays. Exactly. I hear you. I hear you, man. Well, it's uh let me let me get let me give you a little recap, Dave. Okay. Two thousand sixteen, Big mm-hmm. Thunder and the Rumblefish. That was our guest. Yep. Great friends of the show. Then two thousand seventeen, Bar is elevated, Blackberry Smoke. Wow, what a show. 2018, fantastic friend and exciting dynamo, Andy Frasco. Jeez. How do we we top it? How do we go? Well, we go. I don't know, man. You're you're the doctor. You got to tell me. We do four-time Grammy winner. That's what we do. Mr. Keb Moe. That is what we have. And... Dave, I think you know it's a little bit of a tradition here on the Doc G Show, uh, but I like to do a little "Would You Rather" That's for the holiday season. That's what I like to do. I, I um, like so it. we're I like so f- obviously since it's Thanksgiving, it's time for a little mm-hmm. "Would You Rather" Thanksgiving edition. So let's do it for the listeners out there. We we all know Thanksgiving time for for spending time with the family maybe you don't necessarily want to do that's a fact then giving thanks that you got that over with and doing what americans (laughs) do best which is overeating that's yes that's what we Uh, do my my favorite (laughs) well so so with that being said we're going to tailor this to that information so i'm starting off with a doozy we we know there's two pastimes on the docket for thanksgiving eating food and watching mm-hmm. football so you can ignore the people that you're with. Those are the two Correct. things that you've got. So, would yep. you rather be in control of the remote at the Thanksgiving festivities or mm-hmm. be in control of the menu? Hmm. Ooh. I'm going to say be in control of the remote. <gasps> Oh. Because you know the guys in the family all want to watch football. That's and the ladies doing men things. Yeah, yeah, men doing men things. The ladies want to put on the little Thanksgiving specials and this and that and lame. Yeah, yeah. I'm no a one man. Wants to watch Charlie Brown. <laughs> I want to watch some football. Seriously, the menu the menu's gonna be the menu. It is what it is. Like there may be a curveball here and there. But you're gonna get your traditional items, so. Well, I'm gonna remote, tell you. Remote for me. I'm going menu. I'm. 
And if, if I'm going menu, I'm rearranging the whole menu, if that's the case. If I got the trot, no more. No more Thanksgiving. Wait, what? We're going to have oh, lasagna. You're oh, you're changing. We're going to oh. have chicken parmesan. We're going to have garlic knots. We're going to have a whole pizza. And then I'm going into a carb coma, so I don't care what's on TV. Nope. I just passed Dang, out. So you, I haven't even noticed. You're giving thanks to the Italians. Exactly. You're going straight Italian. Amen. Like Amen. Amen. That Amen. Is, is pretty okay. Now this next one, pretty easy, I think. We'll see what you think. Mm -hmm. Would you mm -hmm. rather have to wait an hour after everyone else has eaten to enjoy your mm -hmm. own Thanksgiving dinner, or oh, dang. clean up for an hour after dinner? Hmm. Oh, I'll wait and watch the football game and then eat. Amen. Sure. Amen. That's yep. where I'm at too. I uh, like. I'll help clean, but man, I ain't doing it all by myself. Well, mine's not even so much the cleaning. Mine's the fact that I don't actually really like talking to people when I'm eating. What? So, you know, <laughs> I'd rather just eat by myself anyways. Then I don't have to talk to people while I'm eating. I can focus on eating. Sweet. That's much more important to me. I'm I'm going into my carb coma. I don't want to talk to you. Nope. I'm focused on my fat food. Let me focus on my fat food. Simple. Wait an hour. All right, here we go. This one's a little bit tougher. Would you rather, before eating Thanksgiving dinner, eat mm -hmm. a raw onion or mm. eat a raw clove of garlic? Mm. Oh, man. That's right. Uh, I, I've never done that before. Um, yeah. Like, even just a bite of any. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say onion just because I don't know how intense a raw clove of garlic is Ooh, it can um, burn a little bit if it's if it's nice and fresh man it can burn that's, that's what i'm i mean an onion can burn too i feel yeah. like yeah well mm. i i think that one it's a little bit tough because it's a it, yeah it depends on what you're talking here raw like if it's a raw red onion ooh, mm -hmm. ooh, that's bad that's bad yeah. but if, it's if, if it's yeah if it's a sweet it's so yellow, much bigger you know what I mean? Well, yeah. And how big? That's true. If you get like yeah. a green onion, you can have one of those in a in a full bite, and it's that's it. But like, if it's a giant red onion, ooh, I think I'm going. You're I'm going for, clove you're of in garlic. For a doozy. Yeah, I'm going I think I'm going to change to garlic. I think I could handle it. Well, plus that that will prep me for my Italian feast. So you know, yeah, your, I'll, I'll, your breath will already be kicking. Yeah, it'll already be ready. Okay, so the next one. Uh, we've got a lot of founding fathers and American presidents that have been associated for Thanksgiving for one reason or another. So true. For instance, mm -hmm. Benjamin Franklin, he wanted our national bird to be a turkey, right? So there you go. Yep. And uh, Franklin Roosevelt, he designated Thanksgiving to be on the fourth Thursday of November. He was the guy that said that's when it's going to come. So okay, would you rather have a Thanksgiving dinner with Benjamin Franklin or FDR. Who are you going Thanksgiving dinner? Oh man. Wow. Um, I mean, I know you're a much bigger history buff than I, but I think Benjamin Franklin just mm -hmm. does it yeah. for me. No, you know? no, I'm going I'm going uh Benjamin Franklin seems like a hoot. Yes! Benny seems like a yeah. hoot. Yes! I want I want to be with him. He's he'll cut yeah. it up. He's gonna have some good commentary. I mean, he For he sure. hung he hung out with French prostitutes. He liked to like to crank iron. This guy was just a good time. That's right. Like, I mean, no offense to FDR, but he doesn't seem to be as much of a hoot. 
you know, like so he not, seems not like, as much of a party guy. I feel like he'd start talking policy with me and start talking about um, like you know the Great Depression yeah. and stuff. And I'd be we like, we don't want that at Thanksgiving. I'd be like, come on, FDR, don't be a downer. Ben Franklin, yeah. he'd 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 give me all the hoots. So that I'm going Ben go. Franklin too. <laughs> uh, this next cool. one, this is a little sinister. This next one, but it's a tough one. It's very tough. Okay. So this is for the carnivores out there. Would you rather? Kill the turkey your family's eating for Thanksgiving, or have the mm -hmm. turkey live with you for the week before it's killed for your Thanksgiving dinner. Hmm. Oh man, I'm I'm way too sensitive, so I'm just gonna kill an anonymous turkey. Yeah, I can't. I, ca yeah. I can't have a weak relationship with this Amen. animal, and then it just be gone. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, man, if I'm hanging out with the turkey for a week before, and it's like just me and him. Like, I can't watch yeah. some, like, Frasier reruns with my turkey and then the next day be like, hey, I got to kill you, man. Sorry about that. Frank. Time we have to you eat. Know? Yeah, it's not cool. So, yeah, uh, 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 anonymous turkey. Anonymous turkey. No names. No names. Uh, okay, would you rather eat a piece of pumpkin pie in which the sugar has accidentally been replaced with salt? Ew. Or mashed potatoes that had two flies and two hairs in them. Ew. I'm not going to specify what type of hairs. Ew. Man. God, that's tough. Yeah. Um, oh, man. The flies are tough. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm just having a bite of this. Yep. Or I have to eat, like, a whole serving. Um, just a bite. Let, let, let's if say a, sli it, you, a slice of pie or a, 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 a serving of taters. Yeah. Because that, 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 that pie is going to be gnarly. Um, I'm just going to go for the... I'll be nasty and eat the potatoes. Yep, same here. <laughs> I'm pretty confident saying I'm going mashed taters with hair and flies. The, the, the one yeah. thing, though, this is the thing. I, it depends on if you're telling me they're on the top. Yeah, or if they're mixed yeah, like in. If I'm just eating from the side, you know. Because if they're uh, if they're just mixed hair, in, hair doesn't bother me. It's the it's the flies that yeah. That yeah well, and if they're mixed in, you have no idea. You're like, oh no, each one of these bites could have that fly in there, and so you're just exactly. living. You're just living in fear. But on the the if they're on the top, I can I can segregate them and just take it off yeah, and be can like, move okay, around. there we go. That's fine. Um, exactly. So, okay, last one. Would you rather be wrongly accused of double homicide of a well-revered elderly couple in your community on Thanksgiving weekend and spend 20 years in prison like Shawshank Redemption? Wait, what? Or listen to the Doc G Show Thanksgiving Day Special? I'm listening to Thanksgiving Day Special oh. with the Doc G Show. Woo. Let's okay. go. I thought you were going to choose the other one. Okay, good, good option. Good choice. Woo, okay, let's fire the show toughie. up. Are you ready? Fire it up, Doc. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Okay, like I said at the start of the show, fantastic one today. Four-time Grammy winner and and just nominated this year for another Grammy. Say That's what? right, this year, another Grammy for Oklahoma, his newest album. Now, we don't know if he's going to win it. I say he's going to win it, but who knows? We got to wait until the actual he's Grammys. He's got our votes. That's right. That's right. Um, 
Very exciting. So we're going to talk to him. We're going to learn all about just such a fantastic career. This man has had 68 years of excitement. Just crazy. Wow. Crazy. All kinds. I mean, he has played with the biggest and the baddest. I mean, James Taylor, Eric Clapton, Greg Allman, Bonnie Raitt, just, just everybody that is big in the music industry, this dude has played with, and he's a giant himself. It's crazy. But first, we start where we start. Birthday suit. Yes, sir. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, here we go. Uh, November 27th, pretty good birthday suits, I gotta say. These are pretty big, big hitters here. Uh, first, okay. born on November 27th in 1940 in San Francisco, California. Uh, at a very young age... Only a couple months after he was born, he moved back to Hong Kong with his family. Three months old. Our birthday suit wearer's father was a famous Cantonese opera star. Mm. 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 Because of this, he was introduced to film at a young age. And by the time he was 18, he had already starred in 20 films. Been in 20 different films. Holy crap. After getting into several fights as a youngster, our birthday suit wearer started to learn martial arts, and he studied Wing Chun. Hmm. At the age of 18, he won the Hong Kong Boxing Tournament, knocking out the previous champion in the final. Throughout his teenage years, he continued to get into fights, and his father decided, because it was so dangerous, to move him back to the United States. He moved to Seattle and started teaching martial arts and going to school. He ended up dropping out of college and moving to Oakland. In 1966, our birthday suit wearer played in the breakthrough role as Cato on the TV series The Green Hornet. Hmm. Not long after this breakthrough, he also developed his own style of martial arts called Jeet Kune Do. At the beginning of the 1970s, he released uh, several martial art movies that became extremely popular, including Fist of Fury, Way of the Dragon, Game of Death, and Enter the Dragon. While recording dialogue for Enter the Dragon, our birthday suit wearer collapsed and died from cerebral swelling. 19... Goodness gracious. Yes, yes. It's... our birthday suit wearer is Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee is correct. Yes, Let's indeed. Go. The best. The best I martial. Mean, I was it, trying to figure out it was like Jackie Chan, and then we started getting these old movies, and I was like, all right, Bruce Lee it is. Yeah, yeah. Br- uh, Jackie's <laughs> a little younger. I think Jackie was, I think he was born in the 50s, I do believe. He's close. Okay. He, he's not too much younger, but he's a little bit younger. Yeah, and I don't think I'm pretty positive Jackie never made his own martial art form. Nope. Uh, no, I didn't think so. Bruce Bruce made his own, and basically, Jeet Kune Do is basically like it's like by any means necessary. Basically, Word. it's all these Goodness things mixed together, and it's like take your opponent out. That's basically it. Like that's Finish that's him. that's what you're doing, you know. It's crazy though, man. Such a such a interesting man that that Bruce yeah. Lee. He uh, at one point just like he loved messing around with food as far as like getting the optimal fuel, 
And so he started mm-hmm. he started like blending things together to get optimal nutrition. And literally at one point he started grinding steak into like trying to grind it into like a smoothie Ew. to get optimal balance Ew. of his macronutrients. Yeah. Yeah, he was I mean he was you're serious, using it man. for fuel at that point and not, you know, pleasure. I oh, get it, there was no pleasure. Both. There was no pleasure yeah. for sure. He, uh, but man, that guy at his peak, so ripped. That's that right. Dude. Yeah. Just yeah. ripped beyond belief. Crazy. Speaking of ripped, are you ready to rip some headlines? What? Oh, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Uh, okay, Dave, this first story is from Reason.com. Reason.com. Reason.com, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, you've never been to prison, right? Not not that I can remember. Good, yes! good, keep it that way. I hear it's not a picnic. <laughs> nope. It's, there's a lot of negative things that go on there. Uh, a lot of bad l- things. Yes. Let me ask you something. If you were put in charge of a prison, do you think mm-hmm. it would be a good idea to let prisoners read? Hmm. Let them read books? Yes. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. That's let a them great gain idea. Some knowledge while they're in there. Amen. A, a, a knowledge leads to less bad decisions usually. That's usually what that, happens. Exactly. Um, Apparently, the folks at the West Virginia Division of Corrections think that's a good idea, too, but only if someone gets paid from it. Hmm. That's basically it. So if someone uh, gets paid from reading, yes. like reading yes. to them? Not reading hmm. to them. Uh, so this year, they set up a contract with the company Global Tell Link, which uh, provides mm-hmm. electronic multimedia tablets to 10 West Virginia prisons. And oh, okay. uh, Yeah. And uh, th- these tablets have access to the Project Gutenberg free online library with more than 60,000 different books, which is nice. Very nice. Uh, yeah. But even though it's a free online service, the company mm-hmm. Global Tell Link is charging the inmates three cents a minute on the tablets. Wait, what? Holy crap. Yes. Three cents a minute on tablets. Now, I know what a lot of the listeners are thinking. They're like, hey, I've heard those prisoners can sometimes make money in the prison system. And you're right, listeners. Uh, West Virginia inmates can make money. And their average wages earned are between four cents and 58 cents an hour. Hmm. So they can essentially work 40 hours during the week and then use it to read a book for an hour on the weekend. And they've spent all their money. That's essentially... Yeah, uh, it literally cancels out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just just uh, just a heads up. That's what's going on in the uh, yeah. in the prison system that's right now. taking advantage of the system. It is. It is. It's taking advantage of the really system. I don't really like it. No, no. Now, I will mention, though, there are, right now, there are still paper books that can be used by the... Uh, the uh, inmates. So there inmates, is still yeah. an option to get free books. They just can't use the free system on the tablets. So there you go. There you go. Just a, just a little better, update. People. There wasn't much humor there, but nope. you know, it's a warm up story. Mm. Get ready for the humor. Yeah, it it's coming. Getting the wheels turning. 
That's right. Dave, this next story, azcentral.com. You might have heard of this story. This story was big time. Mm. This, 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 I, it, it went a lot of different places beside azcentral.com. That was just where Probably I happened didn't. to cross it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, it's true. You, you do get most of your headlines from our show. So, um, <laughs> so true. Victor Usov. Victor Usov uh-huh. lives in Portland. Five years ago, okay. he got a lovely cat named Sasha. Yes! Sasha okay. was a big, fluffy black cat that was a year old. Big and fluffy. One day in 2014, nice. Sasha did not come inside. And oh. uh, Victor looked for him, couldn't find him. Victor said he, he put up flyers, you know, looked all around, but no luck. Victor oh. thought Sasha had fallen victim to coyotes. What? Because apparently there oh, are a lot of geez. coyotes, yeah, around where in he Arizona. is. That makes no, sense. No, no, no. In Portland. He's in Portland. Oh, Portland. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, well, fast forward five years, and we're in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Santa Fe, New Mexico. Murad Kurdar found a black fluffy cat outside of the Santa Fe animal shelter. Hmm. They thought most likely it's someone's outdoor cat, you know, around the area because this cat was well fed, mm-hmm. looked healthy, you know, wasn't afraid of humans the whole bit. And so they were like, huh, yeah. all right. So they set about finding the owner. They scanned the, the cat and it had a microchip. They scanned the microchip and found that it was Sasha from Oregon. <gasps> That's crazy. Yeah. Five years later, and 1,400 miles away in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Girl, come on! No one Holy knows. Holy crap. No one knows how Sasha made it all the way from Oregon to Santa Fe. And, like, what he did for those five years, no one knows. But yeah, this, this past week, they brought Sasha back, and he was reunited with Victor, you know? Oh, awesome. what a good story. Yeah. And Victor said it was like he never left. He said he was back on the couch looking for belly rubs. It was the the same old same old Sasha. That's right. And the, uh, the cat w- likes belly rubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I find that happens more in in uh, male cats. Male cats seem to mm. to they they are more likely to roll over usually and be like yeah hit me up. Although they still unlike dogs, you know dogs you can get real vigorous with those rubs. You get real mm. vigorous with a cat, they're like yeah easy hey, easy stop soft it. rub stop it soft rub. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about this. I was like oh that's a really nice story. But then I was like you know what yeah. What what if Sasha like hated Victor secretly? You know, mm. what if he was oh, like he was just uh, trying to get away as far yeah, as possible? Yeah, he's like, you know what? Victor clips his toenails on the coffee table and leaves them. Ew. I don't like this guy. I'm out of here. And then like he's living on his own five years later, and all of a sudden they capture him. He's like, oh Jesus, not the toenail no. guy. I'm back with this dude. Oh man. I'm getting well, and they gonna... said he was eating good still and stuff. So maybe yeah. he was just, you know, going house to house and just trying to find a new owner, you know? Maybe. We're going to assume. We're going to assume it's a happy ending, though. We're going to assume happy ending. Uh, right. <laughs> all right. This next story comes from K, uh, K5 NBC News in Seattle. Uh, Dave, there's okay. a lot of different kinds of, of home security and smart monitoring systems out there, you know? For right? sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, one thing you can do if you're new parents, you can get like child monitoring systems that are online. You know, you can just check on your kid mm-hmm. and they can be See in their room. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what Joe and uh, Joe and John, uh, that's what they did. Joey and John, they, uh, they had a uh, system for their, their kid. And uh, it was their three-year-old Jaden uh, room that they put this in. And one night, Joe and John are sitting there, and their daughter uh, starts calling them from a room, right? And Joey's like, what's up? She's like, hey, uh, a voice is talking to me. What? And she's like, which I got to say. Oh, weird. That's really creepy, right? Because, like, yeah. if I'm Joey, I'm like, oh, Jesus. My kid's either possessed or being haunted by ghosts. I don't like either choice. That's not good. Yep, oh, that no. was my first thought. <laughs> <laughs> so Joey's like, what are you talking about? And like, what voice are you mean? And Joey thought it was like one of her stuffed animals, you know, one of like the talking stuffed animals. And her daughter's like, the the she's like, uh, the voice said, Jaden, I love you. And it was coming from the video monitor. Word. And she's like, what? And she looks over and the, the video monitor is at a different angle because, you know, you can change it, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the camera angle had changed which only meant, right, that somebody had broken in to their monitor system and was using their monitor system. Like to they had creep hijacked. On the kid? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And so the camera weird. was a gift from uh, their baby shower for their other child who is about six, uh, six weeks old. And they had been mm-hmm. using it for their, their older daughter there. And it was from a company, Tao. Teo Coco uh, sold on uh, sold on Amazon, and mm-hmm. uh, after this happened, they filed a uh, police report and mm-hmm. and an FBI report, which I was like, "Wait, what?" I feel like the FBI may not do anything with that. Just to let you know, right. I don't, I don't think the FBI is going to be like first on our list. Let's find who's creeping on this kid. Like who may have the kids may, may have oh. a couple things below that. But I got to be honest, that is like the weirdest pastime ever yes. for whoever uh, that just, is. Like you are. I don't get it, man. You very are peculiar. Plus, if I was that kid. I would not be as cool, calm, and collected as that Jaden. I would haul right. out of that room and be like, hey, you get rid of that camera in my room. It is freaking me out, man. Weird like, guys are talking to me on that thing. Yeah, I don't need this in my life right now. I am three. I only need to be worrying about my stuffed animals and what I'm eating for lunch. All right? That is what I am concerned with. Like, that is that is peculiar. All right. Uh. God. Next story from Daytona Beach News Journal, right down the road from us. Uh, yeah. Now, now, the actual story happened in Boca Raton, so a little bit further down. A little bit farther. Uh, yep. yep. Uh, Dave, there was a bank robbed in a very interesting way in Boca Raton oh, this past week. So, mm, okay. San- Sandy Hawkins is a 73-year-old resident of Boca Raton. And on mm. Monday... In the middle of the day, Sandy walked into his branch of Wells Fargo. He walked up to the teller and asked for $1,100. And the teller said, okay, let me see your debit card. And he said, oh, this is a robbery. Wait, what? And uh, I've got a weapon. And then he pointed to his waistband 
and there was no visible uh, weapon mm. in his waistband. And okay. uh, then the teller was like, oh, okay. And uh, gave him $2,000 and gave it over to Sandy. And he looked at the money and said, no, I just want $1,100. Word. So the teller was like, uh, all right. And took back $900 and gave him 1100 And he left. Uh, after the ba- after leaving the bank, the police came in, started going around collecting the evidence. They went to the stores around the Wells Fargo and started asking around if anybody had seen this guy. And they went into the bar right beside the bank and said, hey, there's guys. <laughs> and showed the manager uh, the security footage. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's Sandy. He comes in here all the time. Jeez. And they were like, uh, do you know where Sandy lives? And they were like, yeah, it's right back there. And they pointed right behind the uh, strip mall where this bank was. And they're like, oh. And so they acquired Sandy's uh, address. And uh, like they said, right behind the strip mall. And he's just Goodness sitting there gracious. in his front yard. And uh, when the police came, he's like, all right, I'll make this easy. And he pulled out the robbery note that he had used in the robbery that said, give me $1,100, no alarms, hope to get caught, period. Hmm. Yeah. What? He wanted to get caught? Well, so the news article emphasizes apparently this is a sad story that Sandy's wife of 22 years died of cancer. And they think he reached some kind of point like, you know, maybe like he didn't want to be alone or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So he just wanted Mm -hmm. to get caught so he'd be around people or or something like that. But like there's still one question that does not make sense, which is $1,100. I don't get it. Why? Right. I was trying to figure out if that like made the crime any less significant. No, I I looked it it up. I there's thought it no was like difference. 1500 or something. No, there's no difference between like petty theft or anything like that. It's already broken. You're over the limit. So what the hell does $1,100 do instead of 2000 Like, I don't... Uh, what? Goodness I gracious, Sandy. together, get, man. Did he just get in his mind? He was like, 1100 That sounds good. Doesn't sound like I'm asking yeah. too much. Nope. So that, that'll be solid. And then... If you claim there's a weapon, it's counted as armed robbery. Like, you can't claim that you don't have a weapon and then be like, hey, I didn't actually have one. That doesn't count, Sandy. That doesn't count. Come on. If you want to get caught, think of a better way to get caught. Jeez. Okay. Uh, Dave, this next story comes from the Charlotte Observer, and I think I might have to say this may be the weirdest one. That we have. Okay. This may be the weirdest one. So, um, this is from the Charlotte Observer, like I said. Dave, uh, do you have anything against possums? Hmm. Nope. They're a little freaky looking, but yeah. they can be a little mean. But other than yeah. that, I don't have anything against them. I mean, you got you to gotta rep them because there are only marsupial in North America. Come on. Yeah. I'll rep, they, I'll rep a possum. They have a pouch. Their name, their name is spelled weird. Yeah, opossum, and they've got a pouch, but they're pretty cool. Uh, So back in 2015, the North Carolina uh, Assembly passed a law that allowed North Carolina residents to do whatever they want 
to possums five days out of the year. Literally, it says you can do anything to possums. Cage them, capture them, torture them, whatever you want to do for five days out of the year. Right at New Year's, December 29th to January 2nd, do whatever you want. Which, I got to be honest, seems... Sounds a Herbal. lot like a possum purge of North Carolina. So true. Like, <laughs> literally. Literally. The purge. I, I have no idea, which must terrify the possums of North Carolina. So they must have then, done something really bad. Well, so I did a little digging. And apparently the law came about because there's a New Year's tradition in a couple west western North Carolina counties in which mm-hmm. a possum is suspended in a transparent box and slowly lowered like the dropping of the ball in Times Square in New York, except it's a mm-hmm. possum that is dropping in a box. Wait, what? The possum's not hurt. For, but for a, New Year's? They for New that? Year's. Yeah, they just they put him in a box... And just like the ball at Times Square, they drop it. Weird. And it's called possum dropping. And the possum's not hurt. It's just a tradition. But yeah. because like people were asking around about this, apparently the uh, legislators are like, hey, we need to protect this. Let's put this into law. And they made it a very wide sleeping law that if there are any possum freaks out there, like it's bad. So... Animal Help now started a petition, and they got 160,000 signatures saying that they wanted this uh, law to be reversed. And hmm. uh, there's no there's no word yet on whether it's been effective or not. They've just collected the signatures. It hasn't gone into effect or anything. So I I, I got to be honest. I mean, they have this weird possum dropping, which is very odd, right? Yeah. Uh, and the law doesn't make it any less weird, but. Like, are there any possum haters? I want to know if there are just any possum haters that are like, sweet, we can go on a murdering rampage yeah. of these possums Free for, five, for days. five days. Like, I mean, if it's literally just fe- affecting the possum dropping, okay. The, it might freak out the possums to be in this maybe, clear maybe box. Maybe during, during the history of these possum droppings, there's been some bad incidents. Like, the possum got out and was just like, ah, I'm going to kill all of you for... <laughs> Trapping me in this box. I just, well, like, I mean, I just, I just, I I have a feeling there has to be, like, one really weird dude that's like, oh, man, I can't wait until December 29th. That's my real Christmas. I murder possums. Like, Mm -hmm. just odd. Very odd. All right. We are going to take our first break. We will be right back here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. And we are back here on the Doc G Show Thanksgiving special. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave, guys, go download the podcast mm-hmm. app store, mm-hmm. Google store, mm-hmm. Android store, whatever mm-hmm. the heck there is. 
your app, you name it, podcast, download it. Go back, like Doc said, listen to all the other Thanksgiving yes. specials that we had. Miracles. And put in your headphones mm-hmm. and just avoid listening or avoid confrontation yep. with your family members that yeah, you don't you, want to talk to. You don't even need the remote. You can just listen to us. No. And you're like, you know what? I don't care what you guys are watching. I'm in the zone. The Doc G zone. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, okay. Uh, speaking of that, we need to see who's listening to us, Dave. It's time. Yeah. So shout Let's outs. Go, man. Our regulars. Here we go. Jacksonville. Shout out, of course. Shout Boom. out. Columbia. Shout out, of course. That shout is Columbia, out. South Carolina. Not the country. We do have some Columbia listeners, but they're semi-regulars. Uh, Citrus Heights, California. Shout out. There we Boom. go. Radford, Virginia. Shout out. Uh, Boom. Ashburn, Virginia. Shout out. Uh, Boom. Kenner, Louisiana. Shout out. Boom. Charleston, South Carolina. Shout out. Boom. Of course, Charlotte, North Carolina. Shout out. Don't kill any possums. Shout out. Genoa, Italy. Shout out. Boom. And lastly, Mozambique. Shout out. Dave, I I have some interest. Those are all the regulars, huh? Those are all regulars. Every week, we thank all the listeners The list is getting big. Real quick. Love it, guys. On the the Mozambique tip. So, I bought a shirt from this company, Mang, M-A-N-G. And they basically... M-A-N-G. Yeah. They basically make uh, shirts for, like, um, uh, fishers and anglers Mm -hmm. and fishermen. Like on on boats, mm-hmm. and their whole big deal is to protect coastal waters. Sweet. And so one of the things oh. that they do in protecting coastal waters is when you buy a shirt, they plant a mangrove tree because you know mangroves are so important to tropical waters and the health of the ecosystems. Yeah. So yeah, I bought a shirt a while back because I like the shirt and I like the idea. And just mm-hmm. this past week, I got a email from them showing me and proving that they planted their mango tree Your for my shirt. Tree? Yes. And guess where it was? Oh. Mozambique. Mozambique. Let's yes. go. Yes. So guys that are listening and ladies that are listening in Mozambique, there's a tree that's in your country that's got my name on it. Not really. Not doesn't actually have my name on it, but it was That'd planted be so because cool of me. If it- if it had your name on it. I mean, I don't need it. Just as long as it's there. It's cool. It's the Doc G mangrove tree. I'm very happy about it. Yeah. Okay. So, semi-regulars. Here we go. Gainesville, Florida. Shout out. Um, Blueville, West Virginia. Shout out. Cool. Blueville. Boom. Yep. Mountain View, California. Shout out. Oh. Shout out. Brooklyn, New York. Shout out. Boom. Now, there are a couple of other semi-regulars, but you, you got to be real semi-regular for me to, to, to announce it out. Uh, shout you out, yeah. Here we go. N- newcomers. Here we go. These are some exciting ones Welcome here. To the show, guys. Yes, yes, here we go. Uh, Arica, Chile. Yes. Oh, yes. Let's go, Chile. Okay. Here we go. Lyon, France. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Air Francais. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Watertown, Massachusetts. 
Yes. So Watertown is part of the greater Boston area. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nashua. Nashua, New Hampshire. Yes. Boom. There we go, guys. Thank you for all the listens. We appreciate it. Yeah, guys. Continue to listen. And if you plant a mangrove tree in your area, I will shout it out. Now... Uh, yeah, we will. It'll be a little bit harder for you folks like in uh, New Hampshire to plant a mangrove. They'll probably to die. Plant a mangrove. Yeah. So if you plant a <laughs> if you plant a pine tree, I'll shout it out. Uh, okay, here we go, Dave. Second birthday suit. Okay. Born on September twenty seventh, nineteen forty two, in Seattle, Washington. Our birthday suit wearer didn't start playing guitar until he was fifteen, but when he did, he mm-hmm. fell in love. Loved the guitar. Loved it. Word. After graduating from high school, our birthday suit wearer was enlisted into the Army. He had a choice. Either go to jail or go to the Army. So that was his choice. Oh, jeez. He decided to go to the Army. Uh, He trained with the 101st Airborne, but was discharged following a year in service. He started playing music on what was known as the Chitlin Circuit in the Southeast uh, America at the time. He played with the Isley Brothers and then later with Little Richard. In 1965, he moved to the United Kingdom and started to record his own songs. In only a couple of weeks following moving to the UK, he had three top ten hits with Hey Joe, Purple Haze, and The Wind Cries Mary. Hmm. In 1967, his fame reached back to the United States when his album Electric Ladyland reached number one in the U.S. in 1968. In 1969 and 1970, he had extreme fame, and he headlined the Woodstock Festival and the Isle of Wight Festival in 1970. Sadly, our birthday suit wearer died unexpectedly in 1970 from asphyxia brought on by barbiturates and alcohol. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Rolling Stone ranked him the greatest guitarist of all time. Name that birthday suit wearer. I believe it's... um uh, Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix is correct. Yes, indeed. Died, uh, sadly, at the age of 27. All the potential. All the potential. Like that? Oh, man. Yeah. Such, Gone too soon. So, so many great songs in such a short amount of time. Broke so many doors down as far as, as ways to play the guitar, new methods, new ideas. Just so innovative. Uh, su- such a good guitar player. And yes, Purple Haze, great song. He remade Bob Dylan's classic All Along the Watchtower, one of his best songs. That's right. Castles Made of Sand, another great song. Yes! Fire, fantastic song. He's got so many good ones, so many good jams. Jimi Hendrix, happy birthday. Happy Re- birthday, Jimmy. Play yourself some Jimi Hendrix today at the Thanksgiving festivities. Make sure it happens. There we go. Okay, um... Dave, because of time, we had to cut a couple of uh, stories. We're going to go to them now from right from the headlines. Okay. Here we go. Right. I'm this, about it. This next story from Seattle Times. Seattle Times. Uh, Dave, you've heard of uh, Greta Thunberg, right? Hmm. 
Have I you... do not believe so. Okay, well, get in the know. Here she is. She's a uh, she's a get young <laughs> she's a young climate change activist. Uh, she's uh-huh. been she's been around the world. She's I do believe mm-hmm. she's she's either she's seventeen. I think I think she's seventeen now, but she's one of the mm-hmm. biggest voices in the world about climate change. She spoke in front of the UN. So true. Uh, she's she's mm-hmm. done countless protests. Everybody uh, sort of looks to her as far as, uh, you know, protest movements, you know. She's mm-hmm. dedicated her life to and it. She's she, 18, you said, or 17? 17, yeah. She actually, she has, she has been out of school protesting climate change. Not going to school. Wow. And it's not one of those like, hey, I'm doing it because it's awesome and I don't have to go to school. She is dead serious mm-hmm. about it. Dead serious. Dang. Um, yeah. Well, this the internet has been a buzz this past week about her. And the reason being, uh, they think she's a time traveler. Hmm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so someone at the University of Washington's Library Digital Archives came across a picture from 1898 of three children operating a rocker at a gold mine in the Yukon Territory of Canada. Mm. And they realized in this 1898 photo that the girl in the front of the picture looks exactly like Greta Thunberg. And I mean oh, exactly. Shoot. She does. It is spot on. If you have seen this, if listeners have seen this, it is. It's it's a dead it's a dead ringer. Dead ringer. I mean, she even she has she has her hair the same. She has the same stoic facial features, like everything. That's right. Um, well, after it started spreading around on Twitter. That's when things really took a dumb turn, as they often do on Twitter. <laughs> so true. And uh, people started suggesting that she was a time traveler from the future trying to warn us from our own destructive uh, destruction due to climate change. Word. Which, That's... if you think about, <laughs> is dumb on so many levels. I mean... So what, uh, she went back to... 1894 and couldn't fix it so then she travels to another time yeah and now she which i mean like now she's in 2019 if if that were the case like what the was the first trip for like was she talking to all of her friends future friends and was like guys i'm gonna go back tell the world about global warming and the disaster it causes but first Hmm. i'm gonna go to the 19th century canada try my hand at mining gold so I always thought that'd be fun. I've, so I've, I've always wanted to do it when gold was around. Or yeah. Like so that. so that'd be fun. So then then I'll go to the serious stuff. Like and second, if she was a time traveler, don't you think in like the UN speech that she made a couple of months ago, instead of being like, "Hey, you guys robbed me of my childhood," she'd be like, "Hey, I'm a time traveler. I'm just going to go back in time and enjoy my childhood without global warming. Hmm. Like, I mean, really? Third and most importantly, if she was a time traveler sent back to warn the world about global warming, don't you think she'd add that in her argument? Hmm. Like, don't you think she'd be like, hey, guys, you're f***ing the world up. Trust me, I'm from the future. No, you can't do that because when you... When you bring the future into the past, the space-time continuum. Haven't you ever seen a movie? Dude, you can't they, tell people you're a time traveler. That's what we think. 
Because we're novices no. from the past. They figured it out in the future. No, they figured out how it works. They know it. <laughs> She'd pull something out from the future like her George Jetson car and be like, see, future shit. That's what I'm talking about right here. Oh, yeah. Man, you can't do that. Uh, well, sadly, a lot of the news outlets were just saying this was all jokes on Twitter, and I was like, oh, no, no, no. No, there's definitely people that believe it. Trust me, there's news outlets. people 100%. There are definitely that. people that are like 100%. I am all in on this. Okay, yeah. uh, Dave, this next story comes from uh, citypages.com. Hmm. Okay. Dave, we know, and I was looking forward to asking Jeff about this because we know he's a world traveler. I wanted to ask him he if, is. if he had ever been to Minnesota and Minnesota's largest candy store. Word. Because this story revolves around Minnesota's largest candy store. Hmm. So Very nice. a couple of weeks ago, a thief broke into their store and stole all the money from the registers. Wait, what? Real sad. Dang. Like, why would you do that yeah. to a candy store? Well, in response, right. the owner of the Big Yellow Candy Barn, which is the largest candy store in Minnesota, Big Yellow Candy Barn, mm -hmm. they replaced the pumpkin patch that they used to have in front of their store with a tank. Word. From, from the Drive-A-Tank Company. And in a social media post, what? the owner of the candy store said, we're beefing up our security. Thank you, Tony, oh at Drive a Tank gosh. for collaborating with us. We're going to get oh those bad guys. Nope. So I'm going to be <laughs> honest. On list of things you could do after a robbery to improve security, uh, getting a tank is like one of the worst options. Yes. Like, yeah, not it, man. Not I, it. Mean, I mean, first of all, you can't spot a robber coming into your store. You only know he's a robber once he's leaving the store. So it's not like you can right. protect it coming in. And then he's going to be going too fast for you to get in your tank and shoot him. I mean, once he gets in his vehicle, his getaway vehicle, he's gone. Unless he robbed the barn mm -hmm. on a bicycle, he's getting away from you in your tank. You're not gonna move fast enough to get him. Plus, like no. this guy, like this guy that owns the store, you're not gonna sit in your tank at all hours. Nope. Like, come on, come on. Like, yeah. some reason I get Dumb the feeling, idea. I get the feeling that this robber is gonna come back and not only rob the store again, but then like spray paint a giant <laughs> on the side of the tank and then leave. Uh. Like. <laughs> I just feel like something like that's going to happen. The guy's going to be like, oh, man. Tony at Drive a Tank is going to be so uh, mad. He uh, got me. Yeah, uh, can't do anything. Yeah, bad, bad. All right, we're going we're gonna to move on, Dave. It's time to go to Stop Faking the Funk. Here we go. Let's go. Now... Uh, you already know the rules for new listeners, newcomers yes, of the sir. show. I give Dave two uh, headlines. One is real, one is fake. Dave tells me which one is real, which one is fake. There we go. That's the basics and the advanced details of this segment. Yes! All right. First headline. Firefighters save man's house and apologize for drinking his milk. Hmm. First headline. First headline. Oh, man. 
Second headline. <laughs> nurse is promoted after she spilled Diet Coke on patient and then saved his life. Hmm. Second headline. Second headline. I, I think that's fake, man. That's weird. I just I can't <laughs> get down with that. <laughs> the the spilling the, of the, the diet the coke. Firefighters, I think the firefighters got a little thirsty after they saved. Nice. The man's house you read right through me. You read right through Let's me. Let's go. You, you are correct. So apparently, some firefighters in South Wales, Australia, they were fighting some fire wildfires this past week. And uh, they were out there. They were all out there uh, trying to save these houses from getting uh, consumed by the wildfires. And they worked all day. And uh, while working on the fires, they obviously they didn't get to uh, they didn't get to eat or drink anything. So true. And it was getting pretty, Mm -hmm. pretty tough out there. You know, it's summer there. It's 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 hot. And um so these houses had already been evacuated because of the fire, so there's nobody in there. So mm-hmm. they actually, you know, broke into the house and uh, drank some milk and ate some of the peanut butter at the house. Sweet. And uh, they wrote a note on the counter of the house saying, it was our pleasure to save your house. Sorry, we could not save your shed. P.S. We owe you some milk. Word. Uh, <laughs> which I really like that for one main reason. I like how they led the not like unprompted with the reminder that they saved the person's house. That's right. Like, yeah. Oh, hey, remember when we saved your By house? The way, like, still have that roof. Yeah. Like, I hope you enjoy that. Let us know if it wasn't worth a glass of milk, and we'll come back down and burn your house and give you a gallon of milk. Like that was, <laughs> that was good and forceful. I like how they did that. Nice, nice. Dave, we're going to do another segment real quick. And this, this segment, okay. I have adjusted from one of our sports segments back in the day. And this segment mm-hmm. is called Interesting Point or Who the cares Hmm. now what i do here is i give you a juicy tidbit word of a story and you tell me oh interesting point which would mean you want to hear a little bit more about this interesting point or who cares listeners can look it up for themselves if they want to are you ready okay okay i'm ready here we go first off silver ants are one of the fastest moving land animals Relative to body size. Word. Interesting point? Or who cares? Oh, man. It was interesting until relative to body size. Okay. Okay. If they just would have said, like, one of the fastest animals, I probably would have kept going. But at relative to body size, who the cares? Okay, listeners, look it up if you want to know. If you want to know about silver ants, look it up. I'm not going to tell you. It's a, it's a tease. It's a tease. Here we go. Next one. Yep. New way to calculate dog's age. Hmm. Yes. I knew. I knew. Interested. It. I knew that would get you. I knew that would get Interesting you. Interesting point. So Tina Wang of the University of California wanted to come up with a better calculation than the old school dog age. So the old school dog age is uh, take their age, multiply it by seven. That's their estimated human age, right? That's a fact. Well, she used methylation patterns of 104 Labrador retrievers to derive an equation that she claims is far more accurate 
than the debunked multiply it by seven age. Now, the equation is 16 times the natural log of your dog's actual age plus 31. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the equation. And, um, so you have to do log like the that's calculator, right. like yeah. log. Oh, yeah. God. And I'm, that's what I said. I was like, I'm going to be honest. Not a lot of people want to pull out their scientific calculator to find out their dog's age. Nope. Like they're just going to be like, he looks healthy. He's not that old. So true. Like that's uh, yeah. <laughs> is basically what they're going to do. But that, if you want to find out a very accurate way of their age, 16 times the natural log of their actual age. Plus thirty one. There you go. There you go. New new equation by Tina Wang. All right. F- next one. Here we go. Interesting or who the f- cares? Gut bacteria may help us get over fear. Hmm. Uh, who the f- cares? <laughs> okay. All right, listeners. If you care, if you care about, uh, you got a lot of fears going Your on. Fear. You can get. You can read more about it. Here we go. Next one. Astronauts have a new oven for the International Space Station. Hmm. Ooh, I'm kind of interested. Interesting right. point. Okay, here we go. The International Space Station, they're getting new supplies. They just recently came up. They've actually, it's now happened. And uh, the uh, one of the new things is a zero-G oven that cooks cookies. Sweet. That's right. That's right. Ooh, so they have just co- cookies. They have <laughs> chocolate chip cookie dough, and they're going to be popping it into this small electric oven designed for zero gravity. Now, here's the the crappy part about this: it it's going to be slow making for these cookies. First of all, they can only yeah. fit one cookie in the oven at a time. Wait, what? So you got oh, one cookie. Man. And they and you're not too hungry. They anticipate it can get up to 350 degrees. That's the max temp. Uh, but they're gonna mm-hmm. probably cook at about 320, and it's gonna take about 15 to 20 minutes for each cookie. But I mean, wow. You know, it's got to be awesome. I mean, you got cookie it's smells better than the dried, um, yeah. You know, stuff that they have in the bags. Crappy so. space food. You got the real deal cookie yeah. there, and it's smelling up the exactly. whole the whole space center. You got a good you got a good smell of cookie all through the space center. That's nice. Okay, last one. Yeah, that'll boost morale. The last interesting, or who the hell cares? Here we go. The planet Saturn. Now is recognized as having more moons than any other planet. Wait, what? Oh, interesting point. How many moons we talking now? Well, astronomers found out that Saturn has 20 more moons than they previously realized. Which, uh, giving it 82 moons, which is more than any other uh, planet in the solar system. The the planet coming up behind it, uh, Jupiter. Now, uh, mm. the scientists that found this, it makes it a lot more difficult, they said, because of how far Saturn is to find these moons. So there could potentially be a lot more moons. These are very small these are very small moons. These are moons that are like basically three miles wide. Jeez. Very small moons. Wow. Yes. But wow. they are in the gravity field of Saturn. Uh, 17 of these new moons orbit in the opposite direction of the spin wow. of Saturn. They go in the opposite weird. direction. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Interesting point. Nice. Okay. Definitely. 
We are going to take another break. We're going to hear a little bit more from Kev Mo, and then we will be back with the one and only Kev Mo right here on the Doc G Show. Let's go. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are tremendously lucky to have a four-time Grammy winner, talented beyond belief musician, Mr. Keb Mo. Keb, how's it going? It's going good. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Now, I first got to ask this question and, I, and, and realize from your side that I'm asking this question as a guy who's never won an important award in his so life. So true. Uh, what... What do you do with your Grammys? Hmm. What, do, what, what do you do? You put them on a mantle or a bookshelf? Where are those things at? I'm just in the living room. Just, just hanging out, huh? In my house. Nice. I'm just hanging out. I got a little place for there's a few awards up there. Very nice. And uh, I think just for, for far as awards, the most significant award is waking up in the morning. <laughs> so just to be clear, everyone gets that. If you wake up, you got a, you got a major award. All right. Uh, so I got some. BMO, BMA, BMI, and things, and my son's soccer trophies up there, too. <laughs> there you go. It's all you know, up there, man. And, uh, well, now, they're just there in a little shelf, and, and they're, they're cool. <laughs> that's that's a good way of saying it, man. I, I, I now am leaving this interview thinking that I've won the biggest award in life, <laughs> being alive. It that's it, man. Yeah, I, I a whole love- bunch of times. <laughs> I like it. So, so talking about your career, man, you've been jamming in the music business five decades, fourteen albums, yes! and 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 uh, let me tell uh, the listeners when I normally do research on a guest for the show, I got to do some digging, looking, make sure I've got enough good, entertaining interview stuff. You've got way too much <laughs> stuff, man. Yes! You got way too much stuff. No, no, no. Yours, it's like I came away with just like 10 pages of awesome stuff. And I was just like, wow, it's way too much. I can't do all of this. But let's let's take it back. You were born in uh, in Compton, California. Um, now yeah, it I was di- raised in Compton, California, born in Los Angeles, which is not far away. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I, I think the listeners probably have a different view of Compton than what you grew up in because i think i think today yeah. people think nwa dr dre easy but that's not that's not the compton you grew up in correct no it's not it's not yeah it was, i grew up in the compton that was pretty easy to hang out with him. and um compton's great yeah yeah i, so, I still live there I, I moved back i have a house i've had to back full time but i got a place there oh <laughs> Oh, okay. Great, Could, couldn't give it up. Yeah, couldn't, back in the hood. Couldn't, huh? couldn't give it up. I like it. I like it. No, it's just so good. <laughs> My mom passed last year, and I bought I bought the house we grew up in, which was a rental house that she owned. She kept she kept she kept it and kept renting it out. And you said, oh, "Well, I, I bought I, it. I might as well. I might as well rent it out now." I might as well. I might as no. well rent it out for myself. Yeah, that's what it is. I rent it out for myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, so your first yeah. instrument you started playing was the uh, the trumpet in the fifth grade. Yes. 
you've done your homework. Wow. <laughs> fifth, fifth grade trumpet. And, and it seems like to me, like, you know, when I was doing my research, basically from like 11 to like 20 years old, you just played any instrument you could. I mean, upright bass, steel drums, French horn. You... I never played an upright bass. That was a, that was a mistake in the pile that got Oh no! Got by me before. By the time I saw the mistake, it was already out, <laughs> and I just never okay. corrected. Okay, okay, I but steel, steel, I played steel drums, the bass, steel drums. Oh, okay. And Do you think it made you a better musician long term to sort of, you know, play with those instruments before you you made it to guitar instead of just focusing on guitar all through? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I made it to the guitar at twelve. You know, I just I didn't have any. You know, I was a little kid. I had a paper. I had any any money to a nice guitar. Mm-hmm. Enough to play the band with. But I had a guitar and I played guitar since twelve. But I always played the instrument that I could play that would allow me to be in the band. Yeah. To me, it wasn't about the instrument I was playing. It was about being in the band. But that didn't allow me to to continually have a musical experience all the time. So yeah, I think it may be a, a more rounded position, but it also it just it kept me in the game. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, yeah. so for guitar, uh, your Uncle Herman, he taught you guitar. Yes. Calypso style. Yes. Uh, do you do you think that no, Calypso style yeah, yeah. still influences your playing today? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nice. Yes. Very nice. Uh, I think that Caribbean feel is just, just kind of in there all the time. The dance, the feel of dancing, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, well, another thing that I, I heard uh, as far as you growing up and sort of your experience in music uh, that I thought was really sort of coincidental and uh, and fortuitous was that in high school, Taj Mahal came and played at your, your high school. And then yes. 48 short years later, you guys end up making an album together. Do, what do you remember about that performance? I remember sitting in the room and just going like, what is this? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. I had no words for it. I had never heard anything like, like it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't think the world, that was still early enough in this, that was 1969. I don't think the world, the world had heard Taj Mahal yet. Yeah. Know? Like they've heard him now. It was completely like some of them had been in and did the blues like he did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he just went and just turned it out on his head and, and played it backwards and made it even more relevant, you know? Yeah. His own spin on it. And <laughs> out of the old guys, in a way that was... He had actually hung with those guys. Those guys, he's tied in Hollywood to be a bouncer at the, at the Astros, you know, in Hollywood. Yeah. And, and he met all those guys, like, you know, like, Kitty John Essie and Mississippi John, they come to play there. Yeah. So, nice. Well, in high school, actually, uh, speaking of that 1969, you actually had, just recently, your 50th anniversary. I saw you had a, a, a video of that on, on Instagram, man. How did uh, how did the anniversary go, the reunion? The reunion was fantastic. It was a four-day cruise. We got along in California. It was amazing. Nice. My class mates from 1959 yeah. are incredible people. Nice. No. Nice. I, I was in company with. I was. I was in the company of greatness. <laughs> you know. 
I my peers, you know. I mean, because Compton, and we all we all from there. Mm-hmm. You know, we when people when we see it on the news and lots of you know whatever the you know the gangs and things. Yeah, you know, all of us that grew up there, we know that's not Compton. That's a little section of Compton, you know. Yeah, yeah, we all know that. You know, and we we wear we wear our Compton badge with big pride. I like it, man. I like it. Well, let's let's fast forward to the first time that you had, uh, you know, I guess uh, first big break was when you were with Papa John Creech. Uh, did several yeah. several albums with yeah. him, and you guys wrote "Get Fiddler" on Jefferson Starship, uh, the album "Red Octopus," and I, I went back and listened yeah. to it, and it's funky, it's it's country, it's folky. I, I think if if you didn't tell me 1975, I would have no idea what year that came out. Yes! You could tell me it came out yeah. in 2015, and I would I would believe you. Yeah. Uh, that album hit number one on the Billboard charts as a 24 year old. What what did you feel like when when you realized that you had a song on an album that was number one in America? We didn't get it. <laughs> we were like, we had to, we had, first of all, we had to learn how to find the money. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't know how to find the money. <laughs> you know, yeah, we didn't know anything about like administrators and Harry Fox agency and a lot of how to look. We went down to Austin looking to go get our check. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they gave us the biggest runaround we ever got in our life. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds about right. Person, yeah, it's so good. We didn't know how to get to get the well. We eventually got it. It was a bigger compliment. It was a huge thing. It was really, really great. Yeah, and and you made several albums uh, with Papa John Creech, and yeah. now in between that time and uh, your first album. I actually I heard in an interview and this it stuck out to me just because it sounded so interesting. You said you you delivered flowers. And and jammed on country. And you jammed on country music. You were you were listening yeah. to country music while you were doing it. Do you remember uh, you know having like a favorite artist when you were delivering those flowers? Yeah. Who who was your favorite George country? Jones. George Jones. And, and how long did you uh, deliver deliver flowers? Five hours. Man, that was my that was my biggest lesson riding around that flower truck listening to country radio. Yeah, that was my biggest lesson in songwriting I ever had. Nice, you know, the, I was just amazed at the song. The deep lyrics, you know, the deep lyrics of country. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was like, they're really writing songs over here. They're not just <laughs> dancing around. They don't come on. When I first met you, baby, I thought you were cool. And I was getting together like blah blah. blah. It was like. They're writing songs, you know. Yeah. They're talking about life, you know. So I thought that would be a good idea for me to write about life because I didn't have one of those voices that uh, so Satan loved, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't have one of those kind of voices. So, and you better say I something with the voice. Have, <laughs> you know, I knew I never was going to have that one. If I had a instrument like that, I would know what to, I would know what to do with it, but I don't have one. <laughs> you went and you uh, you you put that songwriting to use, and you made Rainmaker in 1980. 
Yeah. And yeah. that was as Kevin Moore. You released that yeah. as, as Kevin Moore. And for the listeners out there who know Keb Mo as the the blues Americana type guy, Rainmaker was Kevin Moore. This was this was funky R and B guy. I mean, I flipped on I Intend to Love You and you got funky bass, you got horns, there's falsettos in there, there's harmonies. Um I've I've heard you describe the album though as a as a huge flop. That's what you've I've I've heard several times you said yeah, that. It was, it was a huge flop. Now, was there any time also, after that though that you said maybe maybe music's not for me, or was it always just well I got to rethink I got to rethink what I'm doing? No, it was like I realized the mistakes I made doing the record. You know, I made mistakes like that. I, I sat back and let people kind of like you know run the, run through the record because I thought. Well, now this is record business. Now I need to, you know, let the people who really know how to make records help me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and I found out that I probably knew more than they did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I knew more than they did. You know. Well, you knew so well, them, you so knew more I, about yourself. Them, yeah. So when I got to when I got to Kim Rowe with John Porter. Yeah. When I got to that for nineteen ninety four. I knew to assert myself, and had I not made Rainmaker, I would have never known to assert my um, ideas. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure to trust them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another thing that you got on that album, as far as is 1994, your first Keb Mo album. Before that, uh, you sort of had to immerse yourself in the blues, and. Uh, I, I heard you sort yeah. of you did that at, at Marla's Memory Lane, which is a club. In, I did in Cali, and I heard you, you. You didn't even think you were this. This was temporary. You got this gig yeah. in the band, and you thought it was just going to be, you know, a couple of weeks. Turns out, you stayed there for several years. Um, do you yeah. do you think you would have you would have continued? I mean, I know it's a. Uh, I don't really like doing what ifs, but. If if you went down that if you didn't go down that lane, would you come out with the same music that you have now? No, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. So you learned that was a turning point. All all sort of blues, uh, you know, stylings from that from that, yeah, that uh, gig. That, that lit that lit the fire. That lit the fire. You know. Yeah. I mean, but and so I started to study and investigate. You know, the yeah. blues. Yeah. You know. That little final, and then I start going backwards in time. Like I think that kid was more about fifties and sixties blues. Well, that was, that was the eighties, like Chicago style. So, were there when you were in that band and you were you were immersing yourself in it? Uh, were, were there ever any times since you weren't really a blues player when you first started that like you'd you'd start doing something, and the rest of the band would look at you like? What are you doing? Since you you weren't really in that style with them, that they had to pick up and be like, "That's that's not the way we play blues like that." Yeah, at first they did, but Bunch Higgins very quickly turned me around and got me straight, and I went more back to my Papa John skate. Nice. What I learned, you know what I mean? So because I had evolved into this kind of like I went to MI, which was GIT back then, the Guitar Institute of Technology. I was studying with jazz guys. Yeah, and doing sessions and, and, and doing things of a, a more slicker nature. Yeah, you know, 
But when I got the ball, I remember laying and I started doing it. It's like, I mean, I, I was pretty adept at making like pop style records and things yeah. like that. Yeah. But when I got to, when I got there, he said, "Wait a minute, now you, we're gonna we're gonna take it back down to the dirt now." You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get dirty now. Nice. Yeah. And I got to get dirty. And then I got to get dirty again. And then I started, when I got then when I got into the Delta Blue. Yeah. Theater because I, I, I started doing theater a couple of years after that. It was like I started learning about Robert Johnson and yeah. you know, Tambourine and all these guys, Buddy Water and all this. Wait a minute, this, this is this this is good. Then, then, then the Taj Mahal was going to talk about Wait a minute, this is what Taj Mahal was doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, this is what he was, he was, oh, so all, all, everything at that point started to make sense. Now, when when you so, went back to that Delta Blues, did you see some of that same songwriting, that same lyric ability that you saw in country before? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So all of the elements, the entire hall, the making of pop records, writing, you know, like demos and making all of everything I had known at that point came into play then. And the country didn't kick in because that's where my lyrical sense was coming from. Yeah. So all of a sudden, all those experiences, I started to mush them all together, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and then that's when Kim Mo yeah. became a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> I turned from a caterpillar to a butterfly. It was a good butterfly, man. <laughs> a lot of people appreciate that butterfly. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know. uh, so speaking of that, you know, I've I've heard you say that Kebmo was a nickname. People called you that long before it was your stage name. When when did you? I was eleven years old. When, when did you decide? As far as I mean, if it's I been going decide. on, uh, yeah. Who decided? I, I, I didn't decide. I got a call from Sony, and uh, I called my demo tape tape uh, Kevin Moore, aka Kebmo. Yeah, you know. And uh, the guy called me, Mike, Michael Kaplan called us from Sony. He said, hey, is Kevin Moore there? <laughs> I said, uh, this is Kevin Moore. This is, I'm saying same thing, Kevin, I'm Kevin Moore. Said, well, um, you want to sign Kevin Moore to a record deal? <laughs> I said, well, I'm, okay, Kevin Moore, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was... on, that, on that conversation, I became Kevin Moore. That was e- that easy enough, man. I, th- I, you know, I, th- I, th- I think that helps no one, you stand out. No one was calling Kevin Kevin Moore. <laughs> yeah. No one had called Kevin Moore for a long time. Let's see what Kevin Moore can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have played with uh, a lot of greats in your time. I mean, you know, just looking at the list, and I can go down YouTube. And I can pull up a video of you just playing with all of these just huge, huge names. You know, James Taylor, Eric Clapton, Greg Allman, Keith Richards, Albert Collins, Taj Mahal. Like, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, and you don't you don't seem like a guy that gets nervous. Nope. Like, it, it doesn't seem like, it, to play music, you don't seem like you get nervous to go up there. Have you ever been nervous to play with one of those, those big-time musicians when you found out you were going to play with them? Uh, I get nervous. I get nervous if Chikorita called me to play. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I got the most. The person that made me the most nervous to work with, yeah, was Bobby. Was Bobby McFerrin. Oh, why is that? 
you know, man, he's disguised. But that is <laughs> like a genius. So, I mean, I felt like I was out of my league. But then over the years, Bonnie and the family wrote some songs, and it was really good by terms. Did nothing but encouraging and, you know, inspiring to me, you know, in a way that I no one else could be. Nice. You know, I go to see him play, I just want to go see Bobby McFrank, and I'm going to go see Bobby. And he gets weird, and he'll see me out there going, like, hey, <laughs> come up here. What? I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the nervousness, most nervous I get of Bobby McFerrin. Called me up on stage. Man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I've never been to a live Bobby McFerrin show, no. Well, if you ever go to one, you go and you, you come back and tell me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well now I'm going to have to do it. I'm I'm writing it down. I'm going to go back and, and see. I'm going to I'm going to see the intensity. Just go on YouTube. Just go on YouTube. Yeah, go on YouTube. All right. You know, go All right. I'll, I'll go on YouTube. I'll check it out. I'll check it out for sure. We'll, yeah. Uh, another another guy that people bring up a lot uh, that you you played with uh, uh, several times uh, was was Greg Almond, and I I heard yeah. a really interesting story about that how he chose you to present a lifetime achievement award from the Americana Music Association, and at that time you'd never you'd never met him. Yeah, how'd you know that? Wow, you can dig. <laughs> you, you need to get yourself a. You need to go get a gold mine. <laughs> I just, I found that so amazing, though. Did you, did you ask him why he chose you after you, you, you did it? I, uh, I don't need to know why. I guess I just wanted to. I just met him. I mean, we just got to know each other. It wasn't like, like why? I didn't even know why. I didn't know. I didn't. I just didn't know that he picked me. There must be some. Why? <laughs> I didn't know. The, I didn't know, need to know the reason why. I just need to know that he picked me. Yeah, yeah. When Greg Almond chooses you, you, you go ahead if you know. And it's, why not? He chose that you. Told, that told me that it was that it was significant. So. Yeah, nice. That's kind of all I need. I don't. I don't. I don't want to be gurney. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, so let me uh, let me ask you real quick about uh, your, your Christmas album. Uh, how did you decide okay. on the the Christmas album this year? Uh, why was it 2019 that you decided it? That's when I that's when I had a, a Christmas record that was decent enough. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took a it took a little while to accumulate the the. Uh... Well, you we have to understand too that making a Christmas record mm -hmm. is like new every year. It yeah, it like comes out every year. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like it's an evergreen. So it has to be, to my opinion, it has to be really, really, really cool. Yeah. yeah I actually had the same conversation with uh, G-Love uh, about a, a year or two ago. He was trying to make a uh, Christmas album, and he kept on uh, mi missing the time frame for it. And he was just like, I can't, I can't fit it in. As far as 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 far as I uh, I, I want to get the information or the music that I want to get in on the album, so it uh, it definitely definitely makes sense. Uh, I think your fans are happy that you're you're putting it out. Uh, you've got the whole month of December. You've got the Jingle Bell Jamboree tour going on. Yeah. Uh, are you going to play yeah. any non Christmas songs during the tour? Yeah. Yeah. 
So you're gonna you're gonna play yeah. some things from uh, from Oklahoma on there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mix it up a little bit, yeah. But I, I gotta kind of be careful about how I sprinkle it around. Nice, yeah. nice. You can't you can't get. It's still got to keep the Christmas theme throughout the whole. Uh, yeah. The whole concert. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, since this is our Thanksgiving special show, I gotta ask: uh, Do you have any special plans for Thanksgiving? Uh, I'm gonna be rehearsing for the Christmas show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have any special plans. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. I'll be in Nashville. Mm. You know, so I don't know. If I'll be able to go anywhere. You gonna have have any uh, any any family in uh, or any friends to come in for the Thanksgiving special? Uh, no, we. We need to go to someone else's house. Nice. <laughs> Less cooking, man. I like it. Yeah. I like yeah, it. We go to someone else's house. There's always lots of turkey around. We go visit someone else. Uh, well, one last question uh, on the on the Oklahoma album. What was what was the inspiration on the Oklahoma album uh, overall? As far as coming back from the the Taj Mahal album that you did, uh, what inspired you to to make the Oklahoma album? Oh, uh, it was just, just time to make a record. <laughs> and I looked at the sound, see what I had, was sitting around and put it all together, add a couple more to it, and magically turned out, with the help of Colin Linden producing, and it turned out to be a pretty cool record. Oh, it's a very you know? cool, very cool record, man. Well, Kev, man, I, I want to thank you for so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Uh, I hope you have a fantastic tour and a fantastic holiday, man. Yes! Thank you, Doc. I really appreciate you calling. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Listeners, you can check out everything Keb Mo at kebmo.com. Follow him on all the social medias at Keb Mo Music. Right now, let's take a listen to that single off of Oklahoma, I Remember You. Be right back on the Doc G oh. Show. What's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And it's Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904. The best show on the radio. You dig? And we are back here on the Doc G Show. You just heard Keb Mo. That is right. That is right. Four time Grammy oh, winner. Yeah. Soon to be five. We all know it's going to happen. Right. Yep, it's gonna happen. Write it down. I, I wanna, I wanna head back and, and go to the Compton that Cab knows. You know, just yeah, man. Back in the day, the the nice Compton. I wanna go out there play some blues with Cab. Yes! I feel like I don't know enough about the blues to play it, but you know, whatever. It's fine. We'll we'll, we'll play He'll something. You. It'll work. Yeah, exactly. He'll teach me. He's a nice guy. He'll do it. Nope. Uh, guys, make sure if you can. Check out the new album, Oklahoma. Fantastic. Check out the uh, Christmas album. Fantastic. Now mm-hmm. that we have celebrated Keb, are you ready to go on to the third birthday suit? Mm. Let's do it. Okay, last one. Here we go. Born on November 27th, 1955 in Washington, D.C. Our birthday suit wearer was always interested in science. He ended up going to Cornell University for a degree in mechanical engineering. After graduating, he started a career at Boeing. Mm. While working at Boeing, he actually started doing stand-up comedy after winning a Steve Martin lookalike contest. 
Word. In 1986, <laughs> he actually quit his job at Boeing to focus on comedy. In 1993, he landed a show where the main focus was him being a science guy. His show originally was uh, just on public television, but it was so popular that it started to play on commercial television as well. The show won 19 Emmys from 1993 to 98. He now appears across the country on different shows explaining scientific problems in his patented blue, light blue lab coat. Name that birthday suit wearer. Bill Nye, the science guy. Bill, 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 Bill. yeah. <laughs> Bill Nye, the science guy, is correct. Yes, oh, indeed. Man. I love that crap. What? Yeah, man, it was awesome. I love There is another one that was very similar to it around the same time called Beekman's World. I don't know if you remember that. Both of them were mm, very no. similar, but I love both of them, man. One of my favorite parts about Bill Nye, the science guy the videos so true the the remakes yeah. of the the popular songs but in in science form those are my favorite mm -hmm. man i love those and oh of, yeah of course the, the of course the you know the scientific demonstrations things blowing up things the freezing cool yeah. things like that you gotta love that so good man such an appreciation for science and now like i was saying he goes around he he promotes things tries to get people involved, tries to get people worried about the environment and helping out the environment. Good stuff. Good stuff, Bill. That's right. Celebrating his uh, 64th, 64th birthday. Dang. Happy birthday, Bill. Yes. Bill Nye. Forever in our hearts. Engineer. Engineer and scientist. Yes, Extraordinary. indeed. Yes, indeed. Now, uh, Dave, this is the moment, even though... It's Thanksgiving special, and we are reveling in all of our, our uh, Thanksgiving glory. We have to look forward to the fantastic shows that are coming so up. So true. And we've got some fantastic yeah, we shows. We've got the Band of Skulls coming next week. Band of Skulls, huge band from England. They've played with Black Keys. They've played with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They, they are celebrating their 10th anniversary of their first album that came out in 2009, which was a fantastic one. They've got a new album that's been out for a long time. They've they pushed a lot of boundaries on this new album. They're coming next week. I can't wait to talk to Russ, their guitar player and lead singer. It's going to be a good time. Uh, then yeah, the next week after that, we've got the uh, interviews and songs from our live performance with Drake Freeman here in the Doc G studio. It's going to be fantastic. Sweet. He's going to play some <laughs> tunes. He's going to talk to us. Can't wait. It's going to be a good time had yeah. by all. Being for a treat there. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. Later down the road, we've got Bishop Gunn coming at the end of uh, December, who is a fantastic southern rock band. Uh, little news for you, Dave. They invited us. Mm -hmm. They invited us to the show with them and Blackberry Ooh. Smoke at the Florida Theater. That's oh. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dang. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Sort of big deal. That's what we do. We're big deals. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. It's a good time. Also, you know what? After I made that mention about how some people don't mention us on their uh, on their uh, social media accounts, and I was a little offended yeah. back in the day. You remember that? Roger yep, Mooking. 
Roger Mooking from the Travel Channel, Eat Your Words, his new album. He gave us a shout out this past Friday. Gave us gave us a shout yeah. out and just said, "Remembering good times from the Doc G Show." Had a clip. So true. Nice. Thanks, Roger. Yeah, I like That's it. That's what we're talking about, Roger. Yeah, he's be, be like Roger, people. Exactly. He went back. He thought about it. He's like, "Man, that was a good interview. Yes. That was fun times. Yes. I like that." That's what he thought. Good for him. Good for him. Good. good for you guys because it is Thanksgiving and you have enjoyed the last hour and a half of revelry. You enjoy it. You know what? Rewind it. Enjoy it again. Nope. Get your get your leftovers. For me, it's going to be my chicken parm. Word. It's going to be some garlic knots. Mm. It's going to be some great Italian salad with Italian dressing, and I'm going to listen back to it. And it's going to be extra weird because it's me listening to myself which is very odd. Yes! But I'm going to be like, I remember Dude, I... I remember saying that. That was good times. Yeah. Sweet. Woo! Dude, one of my favorite parts about Thanksgiving is the Friday after, and my dad makes turkey salad mm. with the leftover turkey. Mm. And then he buys, like, crescent rolls. Mm. Oh, my God. It's better than thanksgiving that's, dinner that's a little that's a little curveball normally people just go with the sandwiches i like the idea of this the turkey salad that's good yeah dude it's unbeatable nice good stuff folks so good. enjoy your thanksgiving have a good one of course we will be back next week i have been your host doc g with me as always the one the only dave burles berlin Guys, don't post your pictures of your plate on social media. One, nobody cares. Nope. Two, we're all eating the same stuff except for Doc G. Yeah, eat it. Just eat it and enjoy it. That's what you should do yes. with it. Food is to be enjoyed, not to be photoed, okay? That's my old man comment for the day. And Dave's. There you go. <laughs> Word. Enjoy it. Until next week, guys, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.